Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, so here we go. South Sports and Stuff podcast, episode number 15. It is the uh, social distancing episode, quarantine, whatever you want to call it, however you want to term it. It's a new reality. It's a new world. We're all in this together, and we all got to create some content for you on this side of the thing. So I'm trying to do as best I can here on this podcast or however else. Uh, We still have our shows going on on WGR. Uh, You'll still hear me on mornings and afternoons, but figured this would help as well to get a little content out there. Sal Capaccio with you. And if you're new to the program, you're new to the podcast because you're searching around for something to listen to, well, welcome. And hopefully it's a welcome distraction for you. I totally understand if people just don't want to talk about, think about, focus on sports right now. Some people need that. I think we all kind of have to deal with this thing in our own way. So my way here is to try and help you along. And also my own personal life. I have my son, Max. Max, come here. This is uh, the setup right now in the house that we have. Hey, Max, come here for a second. He is actually, I am on one side of a pocket door in my dining room recording this podcast. Normally I would be upstairs, I'll call it in my office doing all of this. And I don't want to do that because then I got to kind of leave him alone downstairs. I don't want to leave him alone, but I want to give you the content at the same time. He's basically on his phone. He's playing Nintendo Switch. And I'm not that kind of dad that always lets my son do that all the time. There's certain times for that. But at this point in time, we're all trying to deal with this. I got to get some stuff done. He's got a he's got some schoolwork he's going to do as we're doing distance learning. But none of that is in yet. So we're all trying to kind of adjust the best way we can. And that's the setup I have right now. On top of the fact that my dog Roxy is walking around, you may hear her feet on the wooden floor next to me. You may hear Max's um, games go off or him say something. So he's walked over to me right now and I'm just going to ask, so, so what are you doing while you've been home? Like, what do you, you got your phone over there? Yeah. What are you playing? Uh, Blockcraft. What is it called? Blockcraft. Blockcraft. And what about on your Nintendo Switch? What do you play? Um, Minecraft. How good are you getting at Minecraft? Good. Tell me what your favorite part is about Minecraft and what you're doing. Um, probably getting the treasure chest is. That's pretty cool. Um, now, there was some big Bills news the other day 
Uh, they made a trade for a guy named Stefan Diggs. First thing you asked me was, who did they give up? They didn't. They only gave up draft picks. But the bigger news was what happened with the New England Patriots. Do you remember what I told you? What what happened? Tommy retired. Well, he didn't retire. He, he retired the team? Yeah, he left the team. Do you remember what team he's going to go to? Uh, Tampa Bay. Bay. Bu- Buccaneers. Buccaneers, that's right. And as a six-year-old who loves Buffalo Bills and Buffalo sports, how does it make you feel that Tom Brady is no longer in the Patriots? Good. Yeah? Give me a shout. Woo! All right. Awesome, dude. Thank you very much. That is Max making his podcast debut right here with me on the South Sports and Stuff podcast. So it is a new reality for all of us, both personally and professionally. Personally, having to do things this way. Honestly, folks, this is not a big deal for me. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of a guy that takes... The little things a lot harder than the big things. And what I mean by that is like, if I spill ketchup on my shirt, I'm freaking out. I'm mad. Like, I can't believe I just did that. But something like this, I'm like, it'll be okay. We'll adjust. We just have to get into a routine, figure some things out. I'm usually the more calm one amongst the group, if you will, even maybe the family or anything, just saying, okay, what do we do? And my wife is great, by the way. Um, She is actually upstairs right now doing her own work. Uh, She is working from home. She's got to do some training and there's just a lot of different parts and moving parts going around here. So I told her, I got to do a podcast. I want to get some content out. I'll be down here with Max so I can watch him. In the meantime, she's doing her work. And then on the professional side, why is it new? Well, lots of movement of the quarterbacks and especially, of course, Tom Brady leaving the New England Patriots, going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Bills with a whole bunch of signings, lots of different things happening around the league. And of course, the Stefan Diggs trade. I'm going to bring my man, Marcel Louis-Jacques in. He is a uh, ESPN reporter covering the Buffalo Bills on the Buffalo Bills beat. And he's a colleague, of course, who covers the team with me. We compete on one level. We collaborate on another. And this is one of those examples of collaboration. And the reason why I wanted to get Marcel on is, first, he's a good dude. But secondly, he covered the Carolina Panthers for several years before coming to Buffalo to cover the Buffalo Bills. And obviously with the Panthers connections that have signed with the Bills, I think he'd really provide some great insight. So let's do that with Marcel Louis-Jacques. All right, Marcel, first of all, thanks for joining me. Um, different times for everybody, a new world we're living in basically right now. How are you coping with everything? How are you staying safe? You know, we're, we're doing fine. Uh, I'm doing fine over here, me and, me and the dog. Uh, I mean, I think that NFL media got, I mean, as lucky as he as you possibly could, all things considered, because this is kind of our our slow period, our, you know, spend a lot of time working from home period. So uh, it, it doesn't feel like a lot has changed professionally from our standpoint, but obviously personally, uh, it, it's taken, it's taken a hitch. You know, you can't go out and see your friends anymore. You can't go out to the gym. You're not going out to eat. Uh, just today, I, I asked my girlfriend if she wanted to go get lunch and had to catch myself because it's like, where are we getting lunch? Like, do you want to just come over here and make a sandwich or something? Like, do, do you want to, you know, eat here or, or eat at your place? It's, it's just a weird thing to get used to. But, uh, I mean, a lot of people obviously uh, were, were questioning why the NFL would move forward with free agency, but it, it is kind of nice to have a little bit of a distraction from everything that's going around. Yeah, that's the way I looked at it. You know, I, I think to each his own, right? If people say, hey, how can you guys talk about sports right now? I can't listen. I'm fine with that. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. And some people say, hey, I need you guys right now. So I think it's uh, it's how you kind of cope. And, you know, I compare it to, you know, when, when someone passes away, everybody deals with everything differently. And obviously there's a lot of different things going on here. Everybody's impacted with different ways. So I think more than anything, Marcel, just maybe respect how everybody else feels about it. Even if you think, hey, it's just the flu, I'm not going to get it. Don't go giving bro hugs to people because maybe they don't feel that way. 
Exactly. I mean, it really isn't that hard, guys. Like, there's there's so many examples out there of people not taking this seriously, communities not taking it as seriously as they should, and then paying for it. It's just, you know, you got to figure: is the juice worth the squeeze here, man? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, uh, you know, what is staying at home for two weeks, three weeks, versus infecting an entire community of people, uh, altering their lives forever? It, it is two or three weeks out of your lives. I mean, the spring break crowd, I just can't even, I can't, I can't even imagine what is going through their head right now that, that, you know, they're saying, keep to yourselves, stay away from everybody. So their response is to go pack a beach with a thousand people and go have fun because, you know, spring's never going to happen again, right? The beaches are going somewhere. Yeah. I mean, it, it really looked like something out of the onion watching the video of those kids <laughs> and their, their responses. So yeah, let's just stay safe. Everybody again, more than anything, respect everybody else in in this situation and let's try not to, you know, make this thing worse than it already is. All right, Marcel, let's get into the bills and, you know, some of their signings. And obviously a big reason why I wanted to talk to you was you covered several of these players that the bills have signed. Now we all know that there's a connection between McDermott and Bean in Carolina. There's been a pipeline from Carolina to Buffalo. That's not unusual. Look what's going on with the former Patriots players. Go to their former coaches, whether that's in Detroit or Miami. But obviously this year, as compared to last year, there's even more that we're seeing from Carolina. So let's start, I'll say, with Mario Addison, a guy that, I mean, it's weird to me, Marcel. Why is it that his name never really came up amongst the, you know, better pass rushers in the league over the last few years when you look back and he's had the 14th most sacks in the last four years? It just, it kind of, it's how the cards fall for, for certain players. You know, he's not a, he's not going to get you with, with flash and substance. You know, he's not the, uh, that lightning quick or, or a big name like Jadavion Clowney or Yannick Ngakwe. But uh, he is a guy that if you've been paying attention, he is consistent production. And that's that. Like he doesn't, he's not loud. He's not a big personality uh, to the, you know, the casual NFL fan, but those who root for the team that he plays on are going to learn to love him uh, really immediately. Uh, good person. I, I tweeted it before. Uh, I only got him for half a season, and that's all it took to tell that he, he's a locker room guy. He's a culture guy. Uh, not a me first type of person. Uh, and, and a guy that, like you said, he's going to consistently get to the passer. He's got one job, and he does it very well. And I think that's uh, that, that kind of immediate signing that immediate addition was so crucial for Buffalo after losing Shaq Lawson and Jordan Phillips basically on the same on the same day that's a significant portion of their pass rush those are their by far those are their two uh the two best pass rushers statistically last season so adding a guy who not only can produce at a consistent level but who also is familiar with the culture who's familiar with the coaching staff and the front office uh, a guy who, you know, they don't have to worry about. They know what they're getting here. Uh, you know, 30, he's going to be 33, obviously, in September. That is, I mean, that's not quite, he's closer to out of his prime than entering his prime. But, uh, you know, this is their Super Bowl window right now. It, it, it's it's opening. And they're edging a lot on Josh Allen, but they're going to add players. You're going to see them add players that are low risk. Guys who you know what they're they're going to do on the field. There's no surprises here. They, you know, they're not swinging for the fences. They don't want to take any chances here. They, they want a guy who, is, I mean, Mario Addison is just the perfect, he's the perfect example of it. You know what you're getting here. Yeah, and I would say he's, 
if you if you can, maybe a younger 32, because he really didn't start getting a regular role until he was about 26 years old, if you look back at his career. And he came in the league at 24 years old, so he doesn't have as much tread on the tires. So I wouldn't be as uh, you know upset about that if I'm a Bills fan or worried about it. I mean, the guy's best years were his most recent years. He hasn't had less than nine sacks in any of the last four years. But the other part of this is... I think Eric Washington is probably as much, if not more, of the connection here than McDermott and Bean because really his best years have been with Eric Washington as his D-line coach and defensive coordinator. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And, and the, this is a text. Uh, this is, these are texts and information that I got almost immediately after Eric Washington was hired was to, to keep an eye out for Mario Addison coming up to Buffalo. It just it made too much sense there. Uh, Eric Washington, he's got – a, uh, he had a lot of respect from the players in Carolina. And outside the organization, fans are probably going to look at it like, okay, well, that was one of the worst defenses in the league over the past two years when he was the, the defensive coordinator. But, uh, you know, he is an excellent defensive line coach. That is his specialty. And so uh, I think he's going to bring that same, that same energy, that same level here to Buffalo in what's quietly become a – sneaky dominant defensive line. I, I think Brandon Bean's additions over the past couple of days, I mean, the, the versatility he's added, the depth he's added, the upside he's added, there's just, there's a little bit of everything moving forward. And so you, you hate to lose a guy like Shaq Lawson. You hate to lose a guy like Jordan Phillips, but I think what they got in return, I, I mean, they, they almost doubled their losses here. And one of those guys is Vernon Butler. Now, I'm not as big on the Vernon Butler signing as I am on some of the other ones, but this is not a player that they are not familiar with. Again, they understand who they're getting here. So tell Bills fans who they're getting in Vernon Butler, a guy that largely has been mostly considered a first-round bust, at least through three years, until last year it seemed like he really came on. Yeah, he's, um, you don't go get a Vernon Butler unless you already have an Ed Oliver in place or unless you already have agreed to, to a Quentin Jefferson. This is their upside pick. This is probably the biggest home run swing that they're taking here because he can go one of two ways. He can either be the, the guy who struggled to get on the field in his first three or, or I believe three years, uh, who was looking like, yeah, like you said, a, a first round bus. Matter of fact, I, I wrote a story with the observer uh, detailing the best and worst picks in Panthers history. Granted, there's not a whole laundry list of them. They've only been around 20 some odd years. But I, I thought he was the 10th worst uh, draft pick of all time uh, coming at the end of that first round following the Super Bowl run. But he lit it up last season. It seems like he woke up. He got that contract, those contract year legs, six sacks. Uh, I mean, he's got quick twitch bursts. Uh, he's a guy who, if he can realize that potential, a guy who, if he's lining up next to Ed Oliver, that is going to be brutal to try to stop uh, for an offensive line. The interior pressure that those guys at their best should be able to provide is, is truly exemplary. And uh, I think that's what they're getting here. That's why you're paying $8 million a year to a guy who had, you know, more sacks last season than he had in his first three or four combined. So uh, his first three combined, excuse me. But uh, like I said, it, it's, it's not, I understand people who are low on it, people who, who uh, you know, don't believe it. It's their least favorite, yada, yada. But you don't do that unless you've got, a high floor in place. You're not, I don't think he's, he's relied on to save this offensive line. It's more of a, you know, if it works out, we look like geniuses here. If not two years, it's an easy out. 
Marcel Louis Jacques, ESPN's Buffalo Bills reporter, joining me here on the South Sports and Stuff podcast. Uh, I apologize for not knowing this. Were you covering the Panthers when AJ Klein was playing? You you were there a few years ago. I know. Is that around the time you were still there? No, I was not. I got there, uh, I believe, the year after he okay. left. Okay, but you obviously are familiar with him. He did play there. Um, just what you know about AJ Klein. Uh, obviously, he was Luke's backup for a little while, but he also, you know, did a nice job filling in different roles on the defense. Yeah, and, and from what from the people I've spoken to, from what I've heard about him, this isn't a guy who's going to go be, you know, the the superstar of, of, of your defense. He's not going to, you know, this isn't the push Tremaine Edmonds as as the team's leader in the middle of the field. Um, yeah, talent from a talent perspective, but he is a absolute locker room guy. This is a team captain type of presence that you're adding here. Consistent level of play, and you're going to notice a theme with a lot of these players and a lot of these signings. They are low, you know, pretty low ceiling by themselves, but they're also they're also very low risk. And I think this is another case of they know what they're getting in AJ Klein. There's not a lot of you're not going to have to worry about how he fits into the locker room. His contract isn't so big that it's like, uh, you know, people are going to look at him sideways when he walks in, like, who is this? Who is this? You're not going to have to worry about how hard he works to prove himself, to prove that he's worthy of this money. Uh, I, I think it's uh, he's a guy. He's not going to see, you know, 100% of the snaps there filling in that, that old Lorenzo Alexander role. But when he's on the field, I think you're going to get uh, you're going to get high energy out of him. You're going to get savvy and veteran know-how out of him. And uh, most importantly, and this is what Brandon Bean uh, has, has stressed to us, I mean, for uh, for me, for months, for everybody else, for years, about the importance of culture and, mm-hmm. and locker room fit. And I think that they're getting an excellent locker room fit in A.J. Klein. Marcel Louis Jacques, ESPN's Buffalo Bills reporter. All right, Marcel, when I was down at the Senior Bowl, uh, I know you were there that week. It was made clear to me by a few people that at this point they had just hired Matt Rule, but they still had their roster intact. That the Panthers were going to hit a hard reset. They were going to start over, and they were basically going to blow things up, give Matt Rule a chance to build this thing the way he wants. Young coach, long contract. Since then, we have definitely seen that, and you have seen a lot of guys that you cover go out the door. Now here we are with Cam Newton in that situation. You've covered this team. You've reported on Cam. You've covered Cam. What do you make of the entire situation, how they've gone about about it, and where does Cam wind up? Yeah, you know, I, I don't want not to not to brag or, or toot my horn or whatever, but I, I've, been spot, I've been talking about this since last April. I mm-hmm. think I wrote about this last April, that uh, he needed to play a full season. And it wasn't something that Panthers fans, I think, were ready to hear at the time, but that he needed to play a full season in 2019 because his contract is easy to move on from after that and nobody is paying you know at at the rate that quarterbacks are going nobody's going to give 30 million dollars to a quarterback who can't finish a season so especially one who relies on his legs so much and uh you know sure enough two games into the regular year his season's done and despite all the smoke screens that were coming about there's just no way that with a new coaching staff and, and, and a new uh, new mentality, new, newish owner that they were going to keep beating this drum, especially not the way that they basically cycled out everybody from the Rivera era over the past, uh, over the past several months. But, uh, you know, you feel for him because, uh, I, I feel like that's just, it was really tough. You know, how the Panthers handled this entire thing. I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to grasp and, you know, I've, I've been talking to a few people, uh, talking to a few people around the league that are, are equally as confused trying to grasp 
why they would let him go in such a manner. Like, why, if you've agreed to, you know, you've agreed to let him seek a trade or whatever, why you would put out uh, a press release saying so. Just go about your business and, and let the rest, let the rumors swirl. But um, I think he's still, if he's healthy, what he showed in the, the first half of 2018 is that he can be an accurate quarterback in those short to intermediate routes. He actually, it was almost like mirroring Josh Allen, a little better, a little sharper, but, but same trajectory in that he was good in the, you know, in between zero and, and 15 yards. It was those deep balls, those deep passes that you started to kind of question, but, um, He's an accurate quarterback. He can still move the chains with his legs, although, you know, you probably don't want him running as much as he used to back in the day. Um, yeah, I thought that, I, I, like a lot of people, I thought the Chargers would be a good fit for him, but it, it appears reports out of there are they're moving forward with former Bill Tyrod Taylor. Uh, I wouldn't be stunned if he ends up in New England. Uh, this mm-hmm. is just a gut feeling. It's not anything that I've, I've been hearing around the league. But uh, I, I wouldn't be stunned just because they're not going to move forward with Jared Stidham. I think you'd probably rather have Cam Newton than Andy Dalton. Uh, Nick Foles, that option is done. There's just Jameis Winston, I think, is too much of a gunslinger for Bill Belichick's liking. I just don't think uh, the, only, the only weird fit there would be just the, the personality. Not that he's a bad locker room guy. Guys in the locker room love Cam Newton. It's just uh, you don't usually see guys with that big of a personality go successfully play in New England, you know. But uh, just out of lack of options for both parties, I wouldn't be shocked to see number one playing quarterback in Foxborough. Yeah, you know, Chad Johnson would come to mind as a guy like that. Like, um, you know, that personality just never seemed to mesh with the New England Patriots. And I know they had Randy Moss and that really obviously worked out. But you're right. That's why I can't picture it because of what you said. But I don't know what their options are right now. I've been saying Andy Dalton all along. Why do you think that wouldn't be as much of a good fit? I just I don't think Andy Dalton's that good anymore. Mm -hmm. I, I think that there's still there's with that defense, there's still a little bit of a window left for New England to to chase after AFC East crown and, and to chase that, that, that next Super Bowl. But I don't think Andy Dalton is that guy. I just don't, you know, he's a serviceable quarterback. He's a guy who is probably not going to kill you, but probably not going to win you games either. And uh, I, I think that he's going to be another version of last year's Tom Brady. And last year's Tom Brady wasn't getting it done for them. I think you need a guy who, without a bunch of talent around him, can still go out there and be dynamic enough to win games. And, I mean, look no farther than 2015 Cam Newton. Uh, like, you know, 30 bucks to whoever can name all three wide receivers he was throwing to that season. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, uh, you know, I think that's what's, that's what's skewing it. But the problem is here, and, and what's, what's hurting him this year of all years, he has to show that he's healthy. But with the NFL limiting travel and limiting visitations and for, for free agency and physicals, there's not going to be many opportunities for him to prove that. And we don't really know when those opportunities are going to open up. We don't know what level this thing needs to hit for everything to return to a sense of normalcy. So that's, that's really what, what's, making thing, what, what's making things so hard to predict. But uh, I think, if, if I personally, the Patriots still got a window to win. That offense, I don't think they've got enough. I don't think they've got enough to really uh, enough cap space to to make some, you know, really impactful additions. So you're going to need a quarterback who can do more with less, and that's just it's never been Andy Dalton. 
All right. So is Christian McCaffrey safe in Carolina? I can't imagine they'd move on from him, but with everything they're doing, is he safe? Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's the, the point there is that, uh, I mean, obviously if, without Christian McCaffrey, who on earth are Panthers fans showing up in droves to go watch? Like you're not, uh, maybe Brian Burns at defensive end might get you some excitement every now and then, but Christian McCaffrey is a moneymaker there in Carolina. The issue there is, though, he's entering his prime. Uh, he's going to command a ridiculous contract. He's going to set the new market at running back just because of, he's also their best receiver. They might as well, if they're going to franchise tag him, they got to have to pay him as a receiver. He's got a legit case there. But, uh, you, you know, a running back, he's entering his prime. But this team is not ready to compete. That defense looks atrocious right now. They're not ready to win games. And you're basically wasting McCaffrey's prime. So I think McCaffrey himself might want to get out of there because it's just going to be, like you said, it's going to be a waste of your best years, and you only get so many of them at running back. Um, I think that he can go to you know to a team that's got uh, that, that that's pick heavy. I think uh, it, it'd be a no-brainer. I, I part ways with the first-round pick and probably a second-round pick the, the following year uh, for starters. For Christian McCaffrey, um, this is a guy who can, I mean, you saw it last year, he can be an entire offense by himself. And uh, if you add him to a team that already has weapons around him, then it's going to be impossible to stop. So, you know, I think if, if you've got the, if you think you've got the capital, you start making those calls right now because Carolina looks like they're in quicksand right now and they're grasping at everything. It's not quite Houston levels of desperation, but I think McCaffrey might be on his way out sooner than we think. All right, Marcel, finally, uh, before I let you go, I know you're a big draft guy. You follow it really closely. Uh, you understand value is what the Bills gave up, proper value, too much, too little for Stefan Diggs. Oh, no, that's that was uh, – uh, I, I forget who said it. I, I want to say it was it was Bill Barnwell or, or, or Jeremy Fowler. You rarely look at a trade and say this is a win-win. Yeah. But this was a win. This was a win-win. Neither side gave up too much. Um, the first-round pick for a guy like Stephon Diggs, who can hit the thousand-yard mark, whether it's with a hundred catches or just through big plays, like we saw last year and the year before. Um, the first-round pick is that's the going rate. Like you got to expect to get rid of a first-round pick if you want a game changer like that. The fourth rounder next year, more or less, you make up for it by the compensatory pick or picks that you're getting from losing. Jordan Phillips and from losing Shaq Lawson. The fifth and sixth round picks, now there's still no word yet as to which picks exactly they're parting ways with. But if it's the ones I think they are, they got a fifth round pick from uh, from Cleveland yep. sending Wyatt Teller over there. Wyatt Teller was going to be cut. They got a sixth round pick from New England sending Russell Bodine. Russell Bodine was going to be cut. So if you look at it in that grand scheme, would you trade – uh, a first-round pick, a fourth-round pick, Wyatt Teller, and Russell Bodine for Stephon Diggs and a seventh. I think that answer is yes every time. Uh, I, I think that you know this is a guy who is going to be more impactful than anybody they can draft right now. And at a four-year deal, or with four years left on his deal, you're basically getting him for the same amount of time that you would have, that you would get a first-rounder if, if they took a T. Higgins or Justin Jefferson at number 22. You're getting them for the same amount of time, but you're getting proven production. You're getting a superstar right now. So, no, I think this was uh, 
there's been a lot of people who said the Bills got fleeced on this, and uh, I just don't under I don't understand where you come to that conclusion. Uh, it's not like they parted ways with multiple early round picks. Maybe if they threw another second in there or a third in there, then we'd start to say, okay, like, come on, Brennan, you, you know, you're pushing it a little bit. But this, no, nah, man, I think they're letting people are letting Bill O'Brien skew the curve here. That's <laughs> not what you get. That's right. For us That's right. Receiver. That that is not the norm. Yeah, and if, if it was two years ago, they're in a different situation, that would have been too much. You can't come up with a first-round pick when you're building like that, but now you need someone to step right in. Nobody at pick number 22, regardless of how good this draft class is, nobody at 22 comes right in to be your number one receiver. They needed that, and they got that in Stephon Diggs. Oh, yeah, man. And and, and like like I said earlier in, the, in this conversation, you're going to see these kind of moves. like where they need, There's no more they're – not, they're not adding on potential anymore. They're adding on what you can do right now. Because that Super Bowl window is wide open. The AFC has a lot of talent, but the Bills, you know, if they had a competent offense last season or a good enough offense last season, they win more than 10 games. They won 10 games basically on the strength of that defense alone. Mm-hmm. That offense won, what, one game for them? Maybe two? I would say I would say Dallas uh, comes to mind right away. And then I think there's one I'm forgetting about off the top of my head, but... Uh, you know, if that defense, which has largely remained intact and then it maybe even gotten better, comes back next year with the same coaching staff around, the, the, the same the same leaders, the same core players, and you've got an offense that's got a true superstar at wide receiver who might have another burgeoning superstar at running, uh, excuse me, at running back, and a quarterback that can make these kind of plays with his feet, uh, and his arm, it, it's just, this team is dangerous right now. I think, uh, you know, I was, I was really high on what they could possibly do last year. I'm very high on what they could possibly do this year. Uh, you know, I, I think Bill's fans should, uh, I think Bill's fans should be excited because this is definitely a team that can make some noise in 2020. Well, that's well said and a great way to end it. Marcel, thanks for doing this. Uh, I know that's uh, different times for everybody. So hopefully it gave you and I both a little bit of distraction as well as a lot of other people out there. Oh, man, I appreciate you having me on. Like I said, any chance to talk bills is uh, is more than welcome. I know my girlfriend will try. She wants to care, but uh, it's not. I, I don't want to inundate her with too much of this. So appreciate the forum, man. All right. That is Marcel Louis Jacques of ESPN. He covers the Buffalo Bills. A lot of Buffalo Bills stuff to talk about right now with free agency going on, the trade for Stefan Diggs. Head over to WGR550.com. You can read all of my content that I have there. Also, stay right here. South Sports and Stuff, iTunes, Stitcher, podcasting, however you do it. However you find your podcast, just go find it. Subscribe, download, leave me a nice review. That would be great, too. But let's get through all of this together the best way we can. And, hey, I've also started to do some other stuff to kind of keep the content going for you, keep it a little bit more creative. Uh, keep you a little bit more distracted. One of the things I did was I went to Sporkle, created an account, and have a couple of Bill's Trivia things up there. So go check that out. Bill's Trivia on Sporkle. Find my name. South Sports actually is what it's under. I have some uh, Josh Allen TD passes last year or his career, who he threw him to, leading rushers for the Bills since 1980. I'll come up with more stuff too, and we'll just try to keep this content going. In the meantime, thanks a lot again for joining me here on the South Sports and Stuff podcast. I guarantee you I'll be talking to you again very soon. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.